0: Hi, scholars. I'm here with chapter 45, 46, and 47. This is our third to last recording of Fish in the Tree before we get to start a new book. All right, here we go. Chapter 45, My Brother's Question. I'm working on pictures of cupcakes that talk for an ad campaign for Keisha's business. She asked me to help her. It feels great to have someone ask me for help. As I draw, I think about my sketchbook and how I love it, but I don't draw it in it as much anymore. I used to be the... "'It used to be the only thing that made me happy. "'Now I have other things, too. "'I hear Travis chewing gum in the doorway before I see him. "'Without looking up, I say, "'Mom told you to stop chewing gum like a goat. "'The whole room is not supposed to hear you.' "'He goes silent, weird. "'I finish erasing a line and look over at him. "'He looks kind of stiff, hands stuffed in his pockets. "'Then he takes one hand out and brushes his chin with his fist. "'Travis, what's wrong? "'I just wanted to ask you a question.' "'You want to borrow money or something?' "'He does that half-smile of his and shakes his head. "'But I can see the seriousness. "'You can ask me anything you want, Travis. "'What is it?' "'That teacher of yours, Mr. Daniels, "'what does he do after school with you? "'You mean chess?' "'He shakes his head. "'No, the reading. "'What does he do? "'I mean, do you just sound out words and stuff?' "'Well, we talk about words, "'but it's not the same as other teachers. "'Like, we never use paper, ever.' He has me write letters in blue or pink sand or sometimes in shaving cream. Really? So you can read now? Well, not yet, but it's getting easier. It can be like running up the side of a building sometimes. I get so tired, but I am doing better. So it helps what he does. Yeah, sometimes it's boring because he'll do a list of words that have some of the same letters in them, like light and might and night. He writes the letters that repeat in every word in red and the rest in black. Then he makes the words into pictures so I can remember them better. I flip my paper over. Here, I'll show you. And I write sun with all these little lines around it pointing outward to look like the sun. And that really helps you remember it? Yeah, and he also has these sheets of plastic that I can see through but are different colors. He puts those over pages and it makes the headaches better. It's like turning the brightness down on a computer. It's weird. No more headaches from reading? Really? Well, I still get them, but they're not nearly as bad like a little stick hitting my head compared to a baseball bat. Travis smiles and then stands up. Well, I'm glad he's helping you, and I'm glad that you have Keisha and Albert Squirt. You're doing great. You're doing great too, Travis, not long before you'll open up Nickerson Restoration, right? He nods once more and turns to leave. He doesn't talk about the neon sign he'll have or the big rolling toolcases or anything. I miss hearing his mouth running like a, monst- a motor about all his plans. Travis, he turns, yeah, I could try to help you. Nah, he says, brushing his chin with his knuckles. I don't need you to do that. I was just wondering. Chapter 46, Flying Tigers and Baby Elephants. Well, Allie, Albert says to me at lunchtime, before I really knew you, I used to call you the Flying Tiger. Ooh, Albert, that's a great name, Keisha says. Like fierce, like nobody messes with her, right? "'I wish that described me, but it doesn't. "'Why in the world would he nickname me that? "'I thought that Albert paid more attention to things. "'I look up and he's watching me. "'Well,' he asks, "'aren't you wondering why I call you that?' "'I shrug. "'It's not an insult, just my observation. "'Fine, tell me then. "'Before the United States entered World War II, "'there were a bunch of American pilots in China. "'They were called the Flying Tigers. "'They flew those planes with the shark teeth on the nose.' Wait, I say my dad and brother loved those planes. He nods once as I try hard to shake out the mind movie of me as an airplane. They did not have many airplanes, so they would repaint them every mission, change a bit of the design and the numbers so that the Japanese would think they were there were far more of them than there really were. I sort of know what he means. I've watched you, trying to figure out how to repaint yourself for other people all the time, trying to make them think one thing about you when the opposite is true. Like with the teachers, always getting sent to the office. Wow, I can't believe Albert noticed all this. Okay, Keisha says, do you name everyone like that? I like analogies. They interest me and help me understand. What about me? Do you have a nickname for me? He hesitates. Okay, Professor, spill it, Keisha says. He bites his lip. Listen, you better tell me and you better tell me now. The baby. What? The baby? Are you kidding me? She gets a great name like the Flying Tiger and you give me the name Baby? What the heck is that supposed to mean? He turns red. I didn't want to offend you. Well, it's just a little too late for that. I'm going to send you into space where no man has gone before. No kidding. Is Keisha quoting Star Trek now? The girl has lost her mind. I called you the Baby because when you're quiet, you're taking everything in. But when you want something, you're loud about it and usually get your way pretty fast. I burst out laughing. Oh, man, Keisha, that is just too perfect. She folds her arms with a bit of a humph but then begins to laugh, too. Albert, do you have one for yourself, I ask. When he doesn't say no, I know it means yes. Tell us, Keisha says. I'm the elephant? Because you're big, I ask? No, because he has a good memory. Elephants do have good memories, but that isn't why I chose it as my symbolic name. Then Why? Well, I've become a pachyderm. Is that a religion, I ask? No, an elephant is a pachyderm. It means an animal with really thick skin. I guess we're all pachyderms then, or we pretend to be. His finger picks at the side of his thumb. Elephants feel a wide range of emotions, but their behavior remains constant. On the outside, happy and sad often look the same. I can't remember the last time I had nothing to say about something. All this time, I thought that Albert was the science guy with as much feeling as a pinecone, but I was wrong. All that watching he does, all that thinking, he, he really does understand things. He definitely gets me. Chapter 47. Great minds don't think alike. Mr. Daniels looks really happy as he makes an announcement to us one morning. Today, my fantasticos, we are going to jump from our social studies unit And talk a little bit about some famous people. People I bet some of you know. He takes out pictures and stands them up on the tray of the board. But they almost cover the length of it. And I worry that we will have a test or have to write about our favorite. Mr. Daniel seems electric. I'll say the name and then you tell me if you know why they're famous. Deal? No need to raise your hand. Just call out. Wow, he's breaking the biggest teacher rule ever. He points to the first picture. Thomas Edison. Wait, I know who that is. I squeak out. He invented the light bulb? Great, Allie. But if you don't know, don't answer like a question. Declare your answer. I imagine myself at a podium in front of thousands of people, arms in the air, declaring my answer. What about this one, he asks. Max says, Alexander Graham Bell, who invented the telephone. I did a report on him. Most excellent work, Mr. Daniel said. The next one is George Washington. Everyone knows that one. Henry Ford, he asks. He invented the car, I declare. Well, he did begin Ford Motor Company, but he didn't invent the car. He perfected the moving assembly line, which was a very clever way to build a lot of cars fast. Oh. Allie, how do you know about all these inventors? My mom bought a DVD called Schoolhouse Rock. It has a cartoon about inventors. Ah, yes. Schoolhouse Rock is awesome. Next one. Albert Einstein? He says this one like he's introducing someone on a game show. Albert raises his hand. Yes, Albert? Albert Einstein was born in Germany on March 14, 1879. He is considered the greatest human mind to ever have lived in the fields of physics, mathematics, and philosophy. He changed all of science with his ideas. My father says that the field of science was like Pinocchio as the puppet, and Einstein changed it into a real boy. Does he really, Mr. Daniels laughs? That's brilliant. Is your father a scientist, Albert? Yes, sir. He named me after Albert Einstein, so I know a lot about him. Keisha whispers to me. Is that why you style your hair after him? She turns to me. That boy has never seen a comb. Style my hair out, Albert asks, confused. Mr. Daniels walks back towards the pictures. I have a feeling that Albert's father is quite a scientist indeed. We go through the rest of the pictures. Leonardo da Vinci, famous painter of the Mona Lisa, also a gifted inventor, Pablo Picasso, another famous painter who created a modern style that no one had ever seen before. Patricia Polacco, talented illustrator and author. Whoopi Goldberg, hilarious comedian and actress. Henry Winkle, famous actor and author. Muhammad Ali, world heavyweight champion of boxing. John F. Kennedy, 35th president of the United States. Winston Churchill, prime minister of England during World War II. His intelligence and grit kept the Nazis from taking over England. In fact, all of these people had grit to spare. I like that word, grit. John Lennon of the Beatles, Walt Disney, creator of Mickey Mouse. Then Mr. Daniel stands back. Don't you agree that this is a stunning group of talent? Is there anyone here that would be willing to stand up and say that any of these people were stupid? Everyone shakes their heads. Albert gave us a great rundown of Albert Einstein, but did you know that he was kicked out of school when he was young? His report card said that he was too slow to to amount to anything. He couldn't memorize the months of the year. In fact, he had trouble tying his shoes, but he was and remains one of the greatest minds we've ever seen. I remember when I had a hard time tying my shoes. Travis sat with me for a long time, teaching me the baby way you make the rabbit ears. I stare at Einstein's picture with his crazy white hair that looks like he had an accident with a light socket. How could he figure out something like time travel and not know the months of the calendar? Mr. Daniel says, some people say that John Lennon is one of the most gifted spiritual musicians everywhere. He walks towards the window. Walt Disney knew exactly how it should go together. He never went to school for it, but he was such a genius with machines. He worked as, oh, sorry, I skipped a part. How about Henry Ford? He was born understanding how an engine should work. He just knew without studying it. Hey, that's like Travis. He walks toward the windows, knew exactly how it should go together. He never went to school for it, but he was such a genius with machines. He worked as Thomas Edison's engineer for a while. He walks back to the board. You know what all of these people have in common? Many believe that they all had dyslexia. I feel it in my gut. In fact, I feel it everywhere. That's right. As children, they struggled to read even simple words. And based on some other clues as well, most experts now believe that they had dyslexia. But of course we know that they weren't stupid. Their brains just worked differently. And thank goodness they did, because otherwise we may not have telephones or light bulbs or stunning works of art. Oh, and we wouldn't have Mickey Mouse. So then, for your homework, I have an extra credit assignment. He turns on the smart board and there's some writing. I know you can't see it, scholars, but it's a bunch of... Letters, random letters mixed together. The class is already complaining that they can't read it, complaining that it makes no sense. It's a code, he says. Each letter stands for another. Extra credit for anyone who can crack it. It isn't exactly like reading with dyslexia, but it will give you a taste of how hard it is, how long it takes. And then he looks at me, and how smart you have to be to persevere. He dismisses us, and everyone starts to get ready to go home. But I'm still staring at the pictures of all those famous people and wondering if they felt like me when they were young. Did they feel stupid? Did they wonder what would become of them? Allie? Are you okay, Allie? It's true. All those people, all of those people couldn't read like me? Indeed, he says, smiling. Not that they couldn't read. They just needed to learn a different way. That's all. He puts an oval-shaped piece of metal in front of me. This is a paperweight, he says. It's a gift for you. For me? Yes, look. He points at each word as he reads them. Never, never, never quit, Winston Churchill. I pick it up. It's heavy. I'm not giving it to you as a reminder because I know that you will keep at it. I've gotten, I've really gotten a sense lately of how hard you're, you've had to work to learn what you have and you fooled a lot of smart people. So how smart does that make you? I'm giving it to you because I want you to know that I've noticed and that you're going to be okay, Ali. Better than okay, actually. My head swims with all that's changed in school and in me. All right, scholars, head to see for a short assignment. We only have two more podcasts before our book is over. See you next time.